Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us this morning for Let's Get Moving. Today I'm talking with Dr. Liz Hale, who is a marriage and family therapist. And Dr. Liz, today we want to talk about the five-second rule. So fill me in. What is the five-second rule? Isn't that an interesting-sounding concept? I love it. You know, Mel Robbins is actually the author of that very title, The Five-Second Rule. She is probably, Maria, right now the most sought-after female speaker of our day. And her TED Talk on this very topic hit about 10 million views, garnered that many. Isn't that Mm -hmm. something? She discovered this about 12 years ago. And many of us, I think, can relate to to just feeling so down and out. She had been let go from her job as an attorney. Her husband was losing his restaurant. They had no money in the bank and a lien on their home. She, for the life of her, could not get up on time in the morning. Kids were always late to school. And late one night, she was laying on the couch, and just before she hit the off button on the remote control, she looked and saw this rocket ship, you know, like NASA. Mm-hmm. And what comes along with a rocket is the countdown, right? Five, four, three, two, one. And, and she had this thought just flashing before her that she thought, you know, I wonder if that could work for me in the morning. Could I count backwards? And, you know, at the count of one, could I then... Stop hitting snooze (laughs) Mm -hmm. because she would hit snooze again and again and again. And she was so ashamed because everyone was always late to school. Well, anyway, the next morning, the alarm went off. It's a cold morning in Boston. And she thought, what a stupid idea. (laughs) But then she did something she had never really done before, which was she did count backwards. And before one, she did something very strange, which was she stood up. And she thought, oh, well, that was different. And that was actually... (laughs) All she needed to do was to start getting going. And then she realized throughout the entire day, that very day, that, you know what, I have five seconds kind of throughout my day. This could work in various capacities. Hmm. Just that one small step. Yeah, so how did she use that throughout the day? Yeah, well, you know, every time you feel yourself hesitating or she would find herself hesitating and making a phone call, right, to another attorney's office, for instance. She was just like, ah, man, I know I should do that, but I just don't want to. Um, She determined that every time you allow yourself to go past that five seconds, your brain gives you a number of excuses of why you shouldn't do it. That's the trick. This counting backwards really focuses your mind on moving in a new direction. 
Because we all know what we should do, right? But we mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed, uncertain, afraid. So this is a great way just to quiet that mind. So this can work even when you're angry with your children or your husband. How can we put this to use in our lives? You bet. You bet. You know, and I think the whole key is to physically move before your brain stops you, right? Mm-hmm. And five seconds is really all you need to do to start having a life you say you want. If you, so if you, want to make, if you want a different life, let's start making different decisions. Um, you know, because I, I, I think bottom line, it's either you run the day or the day runs you, right? Right. Most right. importantly, I think um, what I love most about Mel Robbins' directive here is that thoughts have no IQ, right, to you and me. Mm-hmm. But we, we act as if they do. We give so much, so much credence to our feelings, right, how we, how we feel so strongly. Mm-hmm. But don't ever wait till you feel like doing something. Just act anyway. Right. Right? So your alarm goes off. You don't feel like getting up. You don't feel like going to the gym. But we're going to go anyway. Right? We're offered a piece of chocolate cake. And we eat it because we don't feel like eating healthy. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to eat healthy anyway. In other words, bottom line is we don't, don't wait to feel like a certain way. Mm-hmm. Don't give so much power to the feelings. You never feel like it. You never right? feel like getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning and getting never, on the treadmill. Never. <laughs> no. no, we do it anyway, right? Why? Because we want that long-term picture. Uh, one statement she made, um, she said, which really made an impact on me, was if you made a habit of doing things you didn't want to do, you would have the life you say you've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Isn't that brilliant? That is brilliant. Making a habit of doing the things you don't want to do. Sometimes you know you're doing the right thing. (laughs) Simply by counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one. There's no power in five seconds. But it, you know, because I even have a client who says, oh, Liz, all I need is three seconds. Because if I I count down from five, I will already talk myself out of it. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? The whole idea is to to, uh, act before you think. But we're taught to think before you act, right? Mm -hmm. And that certainly has its place, especially when we're talking to our teenagers. But I had to smile at this, um, this man named Tom. He was at a, a big work conference, right? This is back before COVID. <laughs> all these sharp people from all around the world and his field were in this room. And he locked eyes with this very captivating woman across the room. And he thought, okay, what's, who's going to win here, my head or my heart? Mm. Am I going to nurse my fears or my dreams? Waiting's not going to help. Waiting's only going to make it worse. He could talk himself out of anything just to keep himself, quote, unquote, safe. Right. So he decided that he was wanting to rebuild his life and find love and do whatever it took to muster up the courage. So as scary it was to take that first step, he counted down. He decided to do it. He starts walking across the room. He has no idea what he's going to say. You know, his heart is beating, right? His mouth is all dry because of the panic. Um, and then he just, as he gets to her, she turns around and looks at him and the rest of the story is irrelevant. The ending of the story doesn't matter. Right. Right. Tom made the choice to begin living again. The girl is not the the power of that story. Tom is. Ah. So whether you are going to start to date, start a business, start a YouTube channel, we've got to find the courage to start. This is such helpful information for me because I will tell you, I overthink everything. Don't we, though? We I, I totally overthink everything. 
work through every scenario in my head. And you're right. It's really easy to talk yourself out of doing things that way. It is. Even speaking up at a meeting, right, or at church, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just sit there and sit there, and I'd like to be supportive of the instructor who's a good friend of mine, but I overthink how that comment's going to come across, and we just think ourselves to death. I think we're afraid of being wrong or making a mistake. We are. We are just like Tom, right? The point of the story is it doesn't even matter what happened. It doesn't even matter if that comment was liked or not. The win is that I have the courage to speak up and not talk myself out of it. And I don't know about you, and I don't know how you feel when you go on the radio and you do these, these uh, various recordings, but are there times when you don't feel ready, you just have to go for it? Oh, yeah, the breaking news when there's just, something just extreme start, that right? happens and it takes your breath away and you have to take a breath and just yes. jump into it. That's right. So you start before you're ready. Don't prepare, just begin. <laughs> That is a leap of faith. The time is now. You're never going to feel prepared enough. You will convince yourself that the time isn't right. You're not prepared. Not yet. Maybe, la- maybe later. You know, no time like the present is really my, one of my favorite mantras. You know, and this even holds true. Like, so I had broken my foot and I needed, you know, I was really good at exercising, but I broke my foot. And then it was so hard to start again. I... It, I used every, I mean, I rationalized myself to death (laughs) because it's hard to start again, right? (laughs) That first time back is the hardest. What is it about that? I don't know. I feel the same way. You really do have to find some reward or some push. You know, it's one of my favorite things is this is what I think this countdown really does. It gives you a push. Um, You know, I I like to say kind of push your tush off the cush. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got to think of something that makes us go and go now. And, you know, even have the, the courage to speak from the heart, even if your boy, voice and your body shake, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Because we're just going to keep hitting the snooze button on our lives and, and demolish our comfort zone. You know, we've got to demolish the comfort zone, actually. It's going to be the key to a rewarding life. Robbins was really onto something when, when it's all about how the brain works. She didn't know that at the time. But it's this pre, the impact of the prefrontal cortex and the basal ganglia, the habit loops, the activation energy, the behavioral flexibility, the cognitive biases, neuroplasticity, locus of control. She didn't know she was onto all that, but it is very much how we operate, how our brain works. And I used to think that, you know, um, feelings had no IQ. I'd kind of poo-poo feelings, Maria. Can you believe that as a psychologist? I would teach clients, oh, you know, your thoughts led to your feelings, so really watch your thoughts. And I think that's very true, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that the brain really assigns emotions to different events. I think that explains why habits, why we form habits, and then we don't, because we don't think about those things. And that's why even with like exercise, when it's a habit, you don't. You don't think about it. You just get up at 6 o'clock and you do it because that is what you're trained to do. You're not thinking about doing it. That's true. I will always think I don't want to do it, though. I'm pretty sure I can guarantee that. Especially (laughs) as it's getting darker and colder in the mornings. It is harder and harder. That's right. But that is the whole key is you do it anyway, right? Right. You feel the desire to stay in bed and you get up anyway. So sometimes that can feel harsh, I think, on ourselves. And yet we have to probably think past that, like, I'm going to be so glad at the end of the day that I did this. 
And do you find the same way that Mel Robbins did, that how your morning starts pretty much determines the rest of the day? Oh, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. Yeah, no are you going to play that. catch up the rest of the day? Sometimes I do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. start, start early. She does a lot of get up the exercises, you know, get up in the morning type exercises, sets the alarm in a different room for people, get up a half hour early, really exercise that muscle. It's kind of fascinating. So living your life five seconds at a time. You know what's interesting? I'm never sorry that I got up and worked out. <laughs> We're not, are we? No. Never. The after is, I'm, I never have regrets after. Even when I'm sore, you know, I'm, I'm yes. not sorry that I did it. But we have regrets if we don't get up and exercise, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All day long, I think about it. It's like, oh, man, I wish I'd gotten <laughs> that treadmill. And I wish I'd done that. Yeah, regrets all day long. Yeah, well said. I, I love that. Well, Dr. Liz, thank you so much for sharing the five-second rule. And hopefully uh, we can motivate folks to just make a little bit of a change in their lives. Yeah, just a small change leads to a big difference. That's so true. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Maria. Thank you. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.